today on the Italian Radio Show. Kicking off 2022 with a bang. A great year coming for Italians everywhere. Coming right up on Italian Radio Show. and welcome to West Coast Italian Radio, bringing you the Italian Radio Show here on KMET 1490 AM Palm Springs, 98.1 FM, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. I am Tony Lestella, your host, with my lovely co-host from Vincenza, Italy, none other than the one and only Marzia Caputo. Yeah, Vincenza, Vincenza. Vincenza, go, go, go. You know, exactly. that. I'm from Italy. You can say that. This but is really know. weird to be thinking that we're doing our first show right. of 2022. Uh, I mean, you know, this is going to be our eighth year of broadcasting this show. I mean, we have seven years essentially in the can. Um, and it's, you know, quite an exciting thing, I think, you know. Yeah, can you believe it? Eight years. I still let you breathe. You still <laughs> walk them, Tony. <laughs> well, our actual, our actual, um, our, our actual anniversary day, I think, is March 7th. But, you know, uh, since it's a new year, I figured we'll just call yeah. this one, you know, season eight here. We'll kind of start off so we can get everything kind of in sync with the year here. But, folks, uh, if you're listening to us in other parts of the country, we have some wonderful affiliate stations out there. So, you may be picking up our signal there. We broadcast a new show every Monday, 4 o'clock Pacific time on the West Coast of the United States. Or, you know, you might be listening to us in other places around the country, around the world, on your computer or your mobile device. We have many wonderful listeners all over the United States. In fact, we have listeners, I think, in seven or eight countries uh, around the world. And they hear our show by going to our website, wcir.biz. Just remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio. When you get to WCIR.biz toward the top of the page, there's a link there you can click. It'll take you right to our show page here at KMET. And, of course, right there you can either stream the show live if it's on a Monday, 4 o'clock Pacific time. Otherwise, you can listen to the show anytime you want in our archives with our other shows from the last seven years. Please share them with all your friends, your family, wherever they are. You can listen to them 24-7. We love our listeners, however, wherever you're listening to us from. I think that pretty much covers it, don't you, Marcia? Yeah, you're good. Good job. We keep you for another year. <laughs> keep me for another year. Good. D- double my pay. I think okay. I got to talk to David Mastis about that. You know, David <laughs> Mastis is our, our web guy, our partner. We love David. He does a wonderful job on our website and all of our uh, social media and promo and he's a great Paisano. You know, his great-great-grandfather, talk about a, a true Italian, his great-great-grandfather, like 18 generations ago, was Christopher Columbus. 
you know, oh, so yes. that's yes. good, you know. Prepping. Well, he did a great job, but we're really proud for what he did for the website. And Very you know. happy about it, very happy. Right. So now let's get right into our Italian news story, <laughs> because uh, as we say, our Italian, when it comes to Italian news, quite frankly, the uh, facts are stranger than fiction most of the time. Now, since we're technically still in the Christmas season, I mean, the day show is going to air on the uh, 3rd. It's airing the 3rd of January, right? So, um, you know, it's not Epiphany yet. Epiphany goes until the 6th, January 6th. So right. technically it still is Christmas time in Italy until Epiphany, the Feast of the Three Wise Men, La Bufana right. comes, brings the kids all the gifts. But the Italian church, or the, well, the, the church in Italy, the Catholic church in Italy, got themselves into some hot water during the month of December. Uh, and we're going to tell you kind of a Christmas story since we're still kind of in the Christmas season when it comes to Italy, okay? Apparently a Roman Catholic a priest in a, uh, arch, in a diocese, an archdiocese in Sicily, uh, was forced to apologize to parents of his uh, church because he made these statements in front of uh, God and everybody, especially in front of the little children, saying that Santa Claus does not exist. Shame on you, Father Paulino, okay? Um, you know, I mean, he probably didn't mean bad. He was trying to emphasize, you know, it being the birth of Jesus and about take care of the poor and not just focusing on, you know, Santa Claus and what gifts you're going to give. Um, but anyway, I, I know what, 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 what well, his views are of La, La Bafana, you know. But I, you know. I have to be honest, that's how I grew up. Every time we have La Dottrina, the Italian novel yeah, yeah. Dottrina, is the preparation for you to con- so do the communion, then do the confirmation, you know. So we do every week, we go to this class, you know. Right, right. right. And they always say to us that when I was little, the Santa wasn't real. So it was like, okay, it was a big deal because, you know, we don't really celebrate that too much. Well, apparently but, they're celebrating more there because a lot of the, uh, now, a lot of the parents in Sicily got up in arms about the, uh, this uh, statement made by the priest. Wow. The uh, Vatican made the priest apologize publicly uh, in the <laughs> newspaper where he, uh, said he did not wish to, uh, defame the character of Santa Claus. He just wanted to emphasize the season was about uh, giving more than receiving and about the birth of Christ. Right. So, uh, anyway. It's about Jesus. That's the story. That's what There you true. go. So, now, another story that comes to us uh, from, uh, from Italy. Uh, Italy. You know, Amazon, of course, big company all over the world. Uh, Jeff Bezos is their creator and did a great job with this company. They deliver stuff to you no matter where you are on the planet. But apparently... Uh, they're not as popular in Italy because they were just fine. Believe this, $1.28 billion, $1.28 billion by Italy's antitrust regulators, okay? And um, the whole reason was that they're saying that they um, were uh, trying to block out a lot of the local uh, people from being able to sell on the Internet, um, and that, you know, Amazon was keeping them from being able to sell things either on their website or in the Internet in general and pushing their own products instead of the uh, people of the uh, the products made by the people there in Italy. So uh, Amazon, of course, strongly disagrees with it, trying to appeal to five. But as it stands right now, um, Italy is saying, you know, that there are 18,000 small businesses throughout Italy that want to be able to sell on Amazon. And they don't want to be blocked out 
uh, or Amazon doesn't promote their you know goods as much because they're trying to promote other Amazon uh, in-house products. And I've actually, you know, in um, in defense of the Italian government, I've actually heard this stuff from other places, not just in Italy. There's been other European countries that have also addressed it, even places here in the United States where they say that Amazon often will try to push their in-house products um, over small businesses that are trying to advertise on their site, and it needs to be more fair. So, you know, that's something, I guess, that needs to just be uh, addressed, taken a look at. Right. Okay. Now let's have a little fun here. Let's talk about, let's talk about, okay, this is a news thing I know. It's kind of a, from a, online newsletter called Wanted in Rome. I thought it was kind of clever. It came out here last month. The most common stereotypes about Italians. Now, we have a lot of fun here on this show, uh, you know, making fun of pretty much of everybody, including Italians and Italian stereotypes. But it does get to the place of being ridiculous after a while. So, for instance, these are the most common stereotypes that people around the world, especially here in the United States, think of in view of their view of Italians. First of all, they think Italians eat pasta and pizza every day. Now, Marcia, is that true in your family? We don't eat pizza every day. (laughs) We eat pizza when we go out once, uh, maybe every two weeks, or maybe once a week we'll have people, but not every day. Pasta, yes, is the main course we do. Yes, it's yeah, like a pasta, and I understand yeah, pasta is the main dish. Yeah, uh, in yeah, Italy, there. In fact, that's what exactly Mussolini fell from power because he uh, tried to outlaw pasta and bread. So, I know. Yeah. Okay, another uh, a stereotype is the Italians speak. All Italians speak with their hands. You know, they're throwing their hands up in the air, and you know. Right. If you want Italian to be quiet, just tight their hands. And so then you're telling will... me that some of these stereotypes <laughs> are true. You're telling me no, something I do. True, right? I control my hand all the time because I'm scared to hit someone. But it's true. It's uh, something that we do to express. And you can make a full sentence using just your hands. All right. Now, another one is they say that all Italians in Italy drive crazy and they mostly drive Vespas. Okay, first of all, we don't drive crazy. We drive great. We are really good drivers, uh-huh. right? I, mean, I remember we did a show on this. And we're talking yeah. about these crazy Italian drivers. So yeah, I guess that's yeah. just how you look at it. Let me tell you, we are the best driver ever. Okay, next. <laughs> but, but mostly they say they drive crazy when they're on the Vespas. And actually, there's some truth to that, because I remember being in, in Napoli, and we had a, we, we were in a car, we're sitting at a, at a stoplight, and these Vespas are zooming in and out, slapping your hoods, you know. And for that reason, you have a moped. The moped is for that, to zoom around the traffic, not stay in line like people do here. <laughs> if I want to stay in line, I stay in the car. Yeah, well, and, and of course, another, uh, the, probably the biggest stereotype of all is yeah. all Italians are connected to the mafia. Okay. Oh. That's a huge Ooh. stereotype. And that one is truly a huge stereotype. Oh, it's, just, you know, it's I, 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 because that's just totally untrue. Totally untrue. Thank you. Thank I mean, yeah, there's some Italians that are tied with the mafia, just like there are people in other it, countries tied with organizations. It's the beer still there, some place, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, it's been so popularized in the movies and in pop culture and by rappers doing their thing, you know, about, you know, being Italian and the mafia. Not true at all, right. folks. Most Italians are decent people that contribute to society. 
And you got that small amount that are with the mafia. Unfortunately, they get all the, the, the time on TV and the movies, and the rest of us don't get enough time. So there you go, folks. We're going to be right back after this quick word from our sponsors with a lot more Italian radio show. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Mamma mia, tutta bella pizza is fantastic. Joe Fuggero, their owner, is here to tell us more. Yes, authentic pizza from Napoli with seven convenient locations across Puget Sound. Plus grab-and-go products at UFC Costco and Fred Meyer. That's right, Tony, absolutely. From our kitchen to yours, take-and-bake pizzas, fresh grab-and-go salads, tiramisu, and just this week we've added two great new jarred sauces, rustic marinara and traditional bolognese. Learn more today at tutabella.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. We got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas. We're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Why not use your mentality? Step up, wake up to reality. But each time I do, just the thought of you makes me stop Folks, we're going to take a 10-second break to allow our affiliate stations across the country to give you their station identification. You're listening to West Coast Italian Radio. Broadcasting at KMET 1490 in Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Italian Radio Show. Now, you know, Marzia, this, of course, is always our favorite part of the show. Our food, our beverage segment here, uh, because we're Italians, we love to eat, we love to drink, and, you know, it just is in our culture. And thankfully, this part of our show is brought to you by our great sponsor, Tito's Handmade Vodka out of uh, Austin, Texas. Tito's always does such a great job uh, for, they're just great at every event or party you might have here through the coming year. They do a lot for charities. If you have something you're going to do and you want it to be extra special, make sure you include Tito's in it. Right. So, you know, since uh, our guest today, we have a great guest. He's going to be, uh, well, he's a movie director and producer of a great Italian film, or it's an Italian theme film. I don't know that it was made, all of it, in Italy. But it's uh, uh, it was in theaters. Now you can get it on Amazon. And the 
film is called The Feast of the Seven Fishes. It's supposed to be a romantic a comedy, which uh, takes place in Italy or in Italian-American. I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard about it, and I'm looking forward right. to seeing it. But um, it's very, very well acclaimed on Amazon, so make sure you check that out. We'll talk more with Robert okay. Tinnell, the director-producer, coming up. But um, so since, you know, his that's the theme of his movies, and it's kind of taking place around, I thought I would take the time to talk a little bit about The Seven Fishes. Again, I know we're technically past the Christmas season in the United States, but you still got Christmas going on in Italy uh, until January 6th, the Feast of, Ep- of Epiphany. So... One of the things I know we talked about uh, during December was that the Feast of the Seven Fishes, while I guess you can trace it back, um, you know, several centuries ago in Italy, it really didn't make a comeback until probably the last hundred years, and it made a comeback here in America, okay, uh, and with with Italian Americans here who are trying to do something to kind of remind them of Italy, remind them of the old country, right? Tradition. And, uh, yeah, remind them of the tradition. So it became a big thing here with Ooh. the Italian-Americans back uh, in the early 1900s. And then because it caught on so big here, they, the, the Italians back in Italy, then they kind of brought it back there and made it, you know, another big thing there. But technically it's the the, the feast, the, the dinner you're supposed to have on Christmas Eve, Right. And the whole idea here is that Christmas Eve, because, uh, of course, most of Italy is Catholic, is supposed to be a day of fasting. Right. You know, so you're, you're fasting on that in honor of the, 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 the Catholic feast and not eating on that day. But, of course, not, not included in the fast. You don't eat meat, but you can eat fish. Right. So um, there are lots, of, and we've talked about this, there's a lot of different types of fishes that you can do. Uh, that, you know, I guess whatever you, know, you turn John, really, if you want to do your own Feast of Seven Fishes. But here are the most common ones that, tr- that are traditionally done with this feast in Italian and Italian-American households. Okay, I'm just going to go down the list there. The first one, and you'll have to help me with this, mm-hmm. Acciughe marinate alle linguini, which sounds okay. you know, uh, uh, not a linguini, uh, uh, Achuge marinata alla liguere. Liguere. Okay. Uh, did I say that right? Let me check what you're talking about here. It's not the one. It's marinated anchovies. Marinated anchovies. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's, I guess, what you start out with. And I love anchovies. I know a lot of people don't necessarily like them, but, um, you know, uh, that's to each their own, right? Then the next dish on there is called Brodetto di Branzino. Di Branzino. Brodetto di Branzino. Wild sea bass soup. Now that sounds pretty good. Sounds like something you'd like to try. Another dish on there is crudo di pesce, which is fish tartare. Okay? Right. Okay. So I'm not quite sure exactly what that is. This next one is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah, try um, that con zugo di mare, which is, of course, seafood pasta. I uh, love seafood pasta, and there's some great places uh, that we've gotten that at around Italy in uh, in the past. Then you have pesce al forno, which is your baked fish. Uh, you have pesce alla griglia, which is your grilled fish. And finally, your pesce in umido, which is fish with roasted fennel and tajashka olives. So that sounds fantastic. So... 
I want to explain the first one. Now I'll read it. I couldn't find it exactly your spelling. Acciucche yeah, yeah. marinate alla Ligure. Ligure is a Ligure, the um, region. Okay. Okay. I was thinking Lingure, le, ling, you know, the, okay. That's what I was thinking. Well, then, folks, you have your, your feast of the seven fishes. So we're all setting you up for, um, our, our special guest coming on here in a few minutes. All right. All right, Marzia. So now, um, it's time for our Italian phrases. And I figured, you know, since we're going to be, uh, you know, we're kicking off, we're kicking off here a new year. 2022. God, I can't believe it's 2022 already. Um, you know, we, we should have some good Italian proverbs. So mm-hmm. I think you came up with three good ones for us. You read the ones you came up with okay. in Italian, and I'll do them in English. Okay, let's do it. And, of course, this segment is brought to you by our great sponsor, Tutabella Pizzeria, with multiple locations throughout the Puget Sound area. For the real Napoletano pizza, make sure you go to Tutabella. Buono come il pane. Which is basically a real good person, which is, they're, they're as good as bread. So again, Kenny gets back to the whole thing with bread and pasta being the staples of Italian, you know, culture and food. Big heart. Kind of that's what it means kind of type too. You can use it in English, right? Big heart. Big heart. And that's another reason why they got rid of Mussolini, because he tried to outlaw <laughs> pasta and bread. So oh, he, 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 he was no buono come il pane. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Cool. All right. So let's do our next one now. Nella botte piccola c'è il vino buono. Which basically is, don't overlook the little things. There's a lot there. Or if you want to be really um, literal, in small bottles there is good wine, which basically is a reference to the best wine being reserved in small bottles when they do the, the bottling. There, it means you know? for people that are small and don't judgment, they have a bigger personality. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I mean, look, a lot of small people have done major things in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Next all one. right. And let's do our last one there. L'appetito viene mangiando. Which basically, appetite comes with eating. So, mm-hmm. even when you think you're, you aren't hungry, which kind of is true. I mean, if you sit down, I remember many times, you know, my mother's house, my grandmother's house, you want something to eat. Ah, no, nah, I'm not that hungry. But then, you know. They put something in front of you, kind of start nibbling before you know you're eating a whole dinner, you know? Right. right. It's always like that. Because me too, I, we're eating so much, so I'm never really hungry when I, my mom says, it's ready to eat. Again, I feel like we just eat. And then uh, I sit down, as soon as I put a spoon of food in my mouth, that's it. I eat it all. I, say, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, I got that. And, that. and kind of the meaning of the proverb would be kind of, you know, Sometimes it takes them to whet your appetite, what, whether it's food or you're talking about something else. Thank you, Marcia Caputo, for our Italian phrases. So, Marcia, I was thinking for our Artist of the Week, since we got this great uh, movie director and producer who is going to be our guest here with us in a few minutes, talking about his new film, The Feast of the Seven Fishes, we should uh, run a special mix that we did on some of the great Italian movie soundtracks, uh, you know, that have come out over the years. Uh, everything, of course, from The Godfather to Moonstruck. If you really want to go back uh, to many, many years ago, there were movies like The Caddy uh, with Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis that where the song That's Amore came. That's Amore. Came out of. Uh, and then you have, um, of course, some of the Clint Eastwood films. I remember when I was a kid, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That was actually done by an Italian composer. 
there's several themes from The Godfather, the main theme and the love theme. Um, and, of course, one of my all-time favorite Italian movies is the movie The Big Night. And, man, do they have an amazing soundtrack in that film, everything from Louis Prima on down. So we put together here our very favorite movie tracks, Italian movie music tracks for you to listen to in honor of uh, of our guest today, uh, who's bringing us a new Italian movie, The Seven, The Feast of the Seven Fishes. Here you go, West Coast Italian Radio's movie soundtrack favorites. Tippy-tippy-tay, tippy-tippy-tay Like a guitar and
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Authentic pizza from Napoli, right here in the Northwest? With multiple occasions at Puget Sound, Puna Bella provides real Neapolitan pizza. Plus, the grab-and-go products at QFC, Costco, and Fred Meyer. Take-and-bake pizzas, grab-and-go salads, pastas, sauces, tiramisu. I hear you could even add them to your Smith Brothers Farms order. Tutta bella, the real deal for authentic Napolitan pizza and Italian food. Go to the website today to learn more at tutabella.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. This is Tony Lastella with the Italian Radio Show. Every day, 20 veterans take their own lives. That's 20 too many. You need help? Want to end veteran suicide? Go to SaveVetLives.org to learn more. That's how it goes. And Joe, I know you're getting anxious to close. Thanks for the cheer. We're back with more West Coast Italian Radio, broadcasting here with KMET Palm Springs, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network. I am Tony Lestella, your host. And do I have a great guest today or what? We've been talking all show here about seven fishes uh, and about, you know, kind of the whole thing. We said we had this great movie guy, and I got a great movie guy. His name is Robert Tunnell, and Robert uh, lives back east. But he's joining us today talking about a great new movie that he made called The Feast of the Seven Fishes. Robert, welcome to the Italian Radio Show. Tony, thanks for having me. So first of all, i got to ask you, okay, so you're Italian on your mother's side. Tell me um, about that. Tell me uh, where your family's from in Italy. They're Calabrese. They're from a, a mountain village called San Giovanni in Fiore. Um, most of the people where, who are of Italian descent where I grew up are not just from southern Italy, not just from Calabria, but from this village. Oh, um, really? It's like they, uh, yeah, they just picked up the village and brought people here primarily to, to mine coal. So and now you're in West, the, you live in West Virginia, right? Yes, yes. Is that uh, where but, you grew you up? Know, the West, the, it is. And, and the West Virginia you see on TV is actually, I don't really recognize that West Virginia. It's a way more complicated place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where, where I grew up, which is about 80 miles from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, it, it's, it ha- I mean, we sort of are almost like a suburb of Pittsburgh in a weird way. Um, right, right. And, that, and I know there's a huge Italian population of Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But here, in, even in West Virginia, you know, there's the Italian Heritage Festival, which is like 100,000 people come to Every year in Clarksburg, um, we started in my hometown a Feast of the Seven Fishes Festival after I did the original book, uh, the comic book that the movie's based on, and that's a popular festival. Yeah, it's a very, very vibrant 
culture and uh, made a huge impact on uh, on the North Central region. I'm all, all obviously all through the Rust Belt. I mean, all right. So now let's get right into the Seven Fishes. So you say first of all, it was a comic book. So tell me about how you got into the movie business and how you specifically did the Feast of the Seven Fishes. How did you start in the movie business? Well, my Italian grandfather, uh, Johnny Oliverio, he, he had a whole movie projector when I was a little kid, like five uh, years old. I remember. We had one and I, it just, I was just, I was done. Once I saw that thing, it was done. <laughs> That's what I was going to do. And I was very lucky that in Pittsburgh, there was a filmmaker by the name of George Romero, you know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Creepshow. That's right. And I was able to, in early in college, I was able to go to work for him. Wow. Um, And he he and uh, some other people, Tom Savini, Italian uh, special effects artist who I'm still very close with. Anyway, through a lot of encouragement, ended up in Los Angeles in the 80s in the music video years. And carved out a pretty you know carved out a pretty interesting career for myself uh but when i when my wife was pregnant with our daughter decided wanted to be closer to family and it, sometimes it was a good career move sometimes it hasn't been uh but we have a great quality of life and i can still do you know I, i've managed to work consistently in film my whole life and not had to get a real job so that's cool so now and, the um, seven fishes is this your first uh major uh, movie that you have produced and directed, or, or, or I know you've worked in the movie industry. Was this your first kind of big solo piece? No, not at all. And in fact, what but what's fascinating about it was no, I was my uh, my the first feature I directed was a children's film in 1994 uh, with Malcolm McDowell called Kids of the Round Table. I was doing a whole bunch of movies primarily, and and I was working a lot in Montreal. Uh, cranking out movies. And then, you know, at some point, it's just a weird business. It was like, wow, you made all these movies. They got good reviews. They made money. Uh, we don't need you anymore. And uh, it really, I mean, the, the wonderful world of entertainment, right? It makes no, right? It makes yeah, no sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so what happened was I started, um, I, I was writing some movies and getting option and things were working out, but I got, I accidentally got into writing some comic books. And I had just sold a big horror movie uh, that still hasn't been shot, ironically. I've made more money for this thing that may never get made for like yeah. 15 years. <laughs> but but it might shoot this spring. I don't know. As long as I keep writing checks, it's cool. But um, uh, And my manager at the time, I said, hey, I want to write this romantic comedy about you know my family cooking fish on Christmas Eve. And he's like, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. <laughs> Actually, that's not even what he said. I can't repeat what he said. But, uh, but I, so I did it as a online comic strip cause I was sort of interested in help. There was a time when that was kind of an interesting thing happening. Yeah. And so I just sort of gave the comic away online. Um, I, I was very blessed to have my, my good friend, Alex Saviak, who drawn Spider-Man for decades, uh, in both comics and newspapers. And Alex, um, did a great job on it. And then we collected it as a book. No one wanted to publish the book. Uh, none of my publishers and comics wanted it. So my brother and I formed a company. We published it and it, we were nominated for the Eisner Award for Best Graphic Album. Wow, you know, that's like, really which like cool. That's very cool. A yeah, man of many talents. No support. And then I wrote the movie. You know, it's like, I'm going to do the movie. And even my, uh, then I had another manager and she's like, well, you're not good enough to direct this movie. And I'm like, it's, <laughs> what? You know, 
Uh, and so it's been a long, strange trip, and we finally managed to put the film together. So now where did um, you primarily shoot The Feast of the Seven Fishes? Not only did I shoot it where the story takes place, in my where I grew up in Reevesville, West Virginia, Fairmont, West Virginia. I mean, I took artistic license, obviously. I kind of yeah, combined yeah. the two towns. But I literally shot in my grandparents' house. Wow. So man. it was actually. Yeah, we which they're long gone, and we don't own the house anymore. We had to rent the house. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. Which was, I, my mom came would come to set sometimes, and she was sitting in the living room, and all the actors were in the dining room, and she's like, you know, I I know that that's the cast of The Sopranos in there screaming at each other, but it sounds like my dad and my uncle. <laughs> now I did notice that there was a couple of characters there from The Sopranos, a couple of beloved actors in that movie, along with some unknowns. So uh, it looks like that you uh, were able to like find some unique uh, talent, and I mean, I know a lot of putting the movie together, apart from having this, a good script is getting, you know, the right actors. So how did that all come together for you with the Feast of the Seven Fishes? Well, what I was really fortunate was when the script went out into what they call breakdowns, you know, when the casting director sent the script around, uh, a couple of agencies read it and they're like, this is the best script. Uh, I know one agency in particular, they're like, we want our actors doing this. And that's how, because the cast is actually pretty remarkable. You know, the lead kid, Skylar oh, yeah, Gisondo. The, the lead kid is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, he, he's half Italian, thankfully. And he, uh, but, you know, he's just on everything now. He's in Licorice Pizza right now. He was in um, Booksmart. He's on uh, Larry David Show. He's on Righteous Gemstone. I mean, this guy is a Santa Clarita diet. I mean, this kid just works. He's, he's a wonderful kid. Madison Eisman. Um, who's one of the stars of Jumanji and, um, that's right. That's uh, right. Oh and now she's on the new Amazon TV show that I know what you did last summer. And, you know, we just kept putting, but what happened, what really, what happened that was so interesting was that I didn't think we would get these kind of like well-known yeah, young yeah. actors. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, especially like Andy, the, the older Italians, you know? Right, right. No, I, 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 I knew we were going to get good character actors. I wasn't yeah, concerned yeah. about that. It was the kids. But then we're getting people like Andrew Schultz, who's blown up. He's one of the hottest comedians in the world right now. It's a Netflix special. You know, I, I got him right before he popped. I, you know, and we just were very, very lucky. Jessica Darrow, it's her first movie. She's That's one of the right. vocal stars of Disney Encanto. She's awesome. But then I'm trying to remember who I booked first. I think it was Josh Hellman from the, x-men movies um he came in first for juke uh and he's amazing but yeah, then i got yeah. paul ben victor who, who i love and even though paul is not italian he gets it he went right, to school yeah. in pittsburgh i got him and then of course you know we got joe pantoliano um, he's a fan i love him first, I mean, i've always loved his work well the funny thing was he turned the movie down and i was shooting something else it was a couple of weeks before Christmas and my phone rang and it was him. It was like, I'm not going to do your movie, but I want to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And we talked for 45 minutes. I'm not exaggerating about calamari <laughs> and about how, how I stuffed it. And he told me, and he got done. He goes, you know what? Okay. I'm doing it. <laughs> which was, which was <laughs> That's really pretty fun. good. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 Uh, All right. So then, but, you, know, you know, the, just, big, the or, big challenge, whenever you have a, a movie, especially something that's not, you know, a big, action film with a lot of special effects. I mean, you have basically a romantic comedy 
a love story, Italian theme. It's really hard to get stuff like that in a movie theater. So, I mean, that's quite amazing that you got this movie into the movie theaters. When did it actually go into the theaters? And how did that come about? Gotcha. It went into the theaters back around Thanksgiving of 2019. Um, And and it played, I don't know, it played in about 25, 26 cities. The only places it really kind of got any heat were like Pittsburgh and uh, and Cleveland. I think we, you know, we did pretty well there. But a lot of places, they they just put them in theaters because they're setting it up, you know, for, frankly, for streaming and everything. Right, right. And, but I knew something was happening with it because I'd never... I mean, you know, I, I mean, I've had an interesting career and I've certainly, you know, had success and, and gotten recognized. It's been very, I mean, I, I gave Ryan Gosling his first movie, you know, right. um, yeah. but I've never really got like tons of fan mail. And I think I got like, you know, fan emails and stuff probably every day for the first 18 months Jeez. that the movie was out. Wow. That's pretty it cool. It was insane. But it was like it was being found. It was being handed around, and yeah, it yeah. just and you know. But it was very, it was explosive here. I mean, it was just the they. In fact, my hometown, they just they commissioned. They did this giant mural of of scenes from the movie. It's like a tourist attraction. Wow, now. that's so People cool. Come. That is so cool. All right, so we only have about one minute left, Robert. So what's what's next on your horizon? You've had this is great for success. And you've done so many other. What's coming up next? Um, I I was commissioned to write a film about an Italian American woman, coincidentally from West Virginia, but it was nothing to do. It was a roundabout way, and that's kind of what paid the bills during COVID. And I'm attached to direct that, um, and I'm developing some other projects. And we're just, I, you know, I have a very active production company. We do everything: music videos, movies, documentaries, and so I'm. 2022 looks like it's going to be a really, really busy year. Um, and by the way, I would like to, Tony, encourage you and everyone to, to look into the Feast of the Seven Fishes Festival the second Saturday in December. We had horrible weather this year, and it did, wasn't able to go on as planned. But it's a really wonderful event, uh, authentic street fair. And uh, I just I really passionately believe in preserving this thing. That's fantastic. All right, folks, we are together. talking to Robert Tunnell, producer, director, a guy who has done just some fantastic things in the movie business over the last several decades. And he's an Italian-American guy. His mother's family's from Italy. What a great guy from back in West Virginia. He just did this fantastic movie for the holidays, Feast of the Seven Fishes. Feast of the Seven Fishes. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. My wife and I both very much enjoy watching it. And, Robert, I want you to promise me one thing, that whenever you get ready to release another movie, you're going to contact us, we're going to bring you back on the show, and we're going to talk about it, okay? Absolutely, Tony. Thanks a million. All right, folks, we're going to be right back after this word from our sponsors with a lot more Italian radio show. Don't go away.
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find the store near you. Mamma mia, tutta bella pizza. It's fantastic. Joe Fuggero, their owner, is here to tell us more. Yes, authentic pizza from Napoli with seven convenient locations across Puget Sound. Plus grab-and-go products at UFC Costco and Fred Meyer. That's right, Tony. Absolutely. From our kitchen to yours. Take and bake pizzas, fresh grab-and-go salads, tiramisu, and just this week we've added two great new jarred sauces, rustic marinara and traditional bolognese. Learn more today at tutabella.com. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. The owner of a local liquor store told me to forget the flavors, so I make only vodka-flavored vodka, smooth and gluten-free. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Marcia, now it's time for our event calendar, uh, which we have, you know, a new event calendar here as we end at 2021, moving to 2022. Uh, first of all, let's tell people how they can submit events. You can right. go to our website. Just remember West Coast Italian Radio. Remember the acronym WCIR, and it's WCIR.biz. There's a contact button there. Hit our contact button. Send us. Uh, a contact, an email about your event, okay? Now, on our main show here, we tend to only mention the, the, you know, the bigger events happening throughout the Western United States because there's so many events. Um, but we, we, we do have wonderful 
event calendar up on the website where you put in all the events. So if you have a meeting of your local Italian club, uh, you have an Italian dinner, whatever, we'll get all the local events up on our website and then we'll select kind of the biggies here. They're going on, on in each year to tell you about on the show. So starting right into it, uh, here, uh, coming up the first week of, uh, January, Marcia, mm-hmm. on January 6th is the third annual networking event at the Italian Pavilion in Las Vegas, Nevada. And this is at the uh, Expo Convention Center, which is inside the Venetian Hotel. So it's all kind of Italian, Italian yep. hotel, the whole thing there. And it, this is where they are going to celebrate um, the world-class breadth and depth of the innovations of Italy's latest technology. Moving on, now we're... You know, we're, we're going to hit mainly the big events of 2022 that are going to come up throughout the year. And then, you know, as we go along each month, we'll add some of the events coming up within the next 30, 60 days, and we'll start doing that. So let's just talk about some of the major events coming up in 2022. First of all, in California. So California, of course, has a bunch of wonderful events. Los Angeles has the annual Italian festival every October, Italian food, music, Wine gardens there, bocce ball, entertainment, everything you would expect of a great Italian festival. Sutter Creek is another place in uh, in California. They have a wonderful Italian picnic and parade each year. That takes place in June. By the way, the Los Angeles Festival takes place in October. Um, the San Diego Festival. Now, this is a great festival. I don't think they had it this last year because of the COVID, but it's the taste of Little Italy. And I understand it's like a Sicilian type of festival uh, hmm. because they have a big Sicilian population in San Diego. Right. It takes place every June. Okay. Uh, in San Francisco, they have kind of a cool event called the Annual Festa della Madonna. It takes, takes place every September. It starts with a memorial mass followed by a, a fishing procession from Pier 43 to the Golden Gate Bridge. So that's kind of a cool thing. It'd be kind of fun to participate in that. We we have to get around to some of these festivals. Maybe we'll get a ride in one of the boats there, right? Nice. Sacramento has a great Festa Italiana every August. It's actually voted as Northern California's Best Italian Festival. Monterey, we love our friends in Monterey. You used to live in Monterey, remember? Yes, me too. Yeah, Oh, yeah, it's a great place, okay? Mm-hmm. At the Rosalie Fisherman's Festival every September in downtown Monterey. Everything you would expect from an Italian festival, entertainment, raffles, bocce, Italian food, beer and wine, a great parade, everything there. Moving on up to San Jose, uh, they have a wonderful Italian family festival in August every year. Grass Valley uh, Western Park, it says Penn Valley, um, California. As another great festival. I'm not quite sure when that one is. And Redding, California, has Paisano Days every September. Now, moving around to other places on the western coast and the west throughout the western United States, since we are the West Coast Italian radio program, Oregon has their uh, wonderful Portland Festival. That takes place annually uh, in August. We've been on for a long time. Wonderful festival there. We don't know the exact date or location yet. They moved it to a separate place last year, uh, so uh, or a, a different place last year. So I don't, I'm not sure where they're going to be putting it on. We'll get that information for you. Seattle, Washington, of course, has many wonderful 
Italian events throughout the year. The big one that's going to be coming up, it's every September, the last weekend of every September, is Festa Italiana Seattle at Seattle Center. All kinds of wonderful Italian food things there, booths, uh, vendors, entertainment all weekend long. A lot of these great Italian entertainers, bocce, great Italian cars, and, of course, the world-famous Grape Stomp. So that's one that if you're in that area last week in September, you don't want to miss. And Texas, Texas, believe it or not, has many Italians throughout Texas. They have some wonderful festivals. They have the Dickinson Little Italy Italian Festival of Galveston. That's in March, March 19, 2022. Dallas has an Italian festival scheduled for April 9th, 2022. Uh, Houston has Taste of Little Italy. This is kind of cool. It's kind of one of their signature events there. It's considered actually one of the biggest Italian trade shows in the United States attracting people from all over the world. And Austin has a wonderful Italian festival, March 5th. All these festivals, it looks like in Texas, you know, because of the climate being so hot during the summertime, they put a lot of these in the spring when it's cooler. So, you know, March, April. So check all of those out. And ditto uh, with Arizona. They have their Italian festival in in February, February 16th. uh, And I'm sorry, February 26th and 27th in Phoenix. And that's their Italian Festival of Arizona. Now, you know, Marcia, in addition to all of these wonderful festivals, we can't forget to tell people that they can listen to our show anytime they want. All of our shows, in fact, this show, when we're done with it today, goes right up in our archives. It's going to be available there forever for you to share with all your family and friends. And you can go to our archives and hear any of our shows from the past seven years um, right there, they're available. Please tell people all over the country and, and all over the world. We have listeners in, in other countries as well. So all you got to do is remember to go to our website, WCIR.biz, West Coast Italian Radio. Click the link there at the top of the page. It'll take you to our, our show page here at KMET with ABC. And uh, there's a link right there for our podcast. You can share it with all your friends. Also, our after hours show, you do not want to miss the after hours show. This is, of course, for ages 18 and only by subscription, by subscription only on our website. It's coming out uh, this month, and uh, this is where we really get into it. We tell you about every show's topics, but we're very graphic with how we feel, and we express our feelings, and we don't mince, mince words because we don't have the FCC breathing down our back, and I clean that up. So we have a lot of fun there, a lot of great guests and a lot of topics. You're not going to want to miss that. It's a lot of fun. Each show is about 30 minutes long. You can watch it on a video so you actually see the lovely Marcia and the old guy here. and uh, Or you can listen to it on a podcast if you uh, are driving or just want to listen to a podcast for entertainment. And, of course, uh, remember we have on our website a great, great international Italian business directory, the first ever international Italian business director that we've started. We're adding businesses all the time. Uh, by the end of this year, we're going to practically have every business in the United States, every business in Italy is going to be in there, businesses in different countries around the world, anything that's associated with Italians or, you know, uh, the Italian culture will be there. Uh, so make sure if you want to find, if you're somewhere in the world and you want to find an Italian business near you, Go to our website. Go to that directory. It's absolutely fantastic. If you have an Italian business, of course, we'll give you a listing for free. 
So there's our event calendar. What do you think, Marcia? Did you have fun today? I did. Great job, Tony. You're really great to explain everything. So, and I can't wait. We should go around those, you know, those festival. I can't All the festival. We got to do that this year, folks. You are listening to West Coast Italian Radio, uh, and we're starting off 2022 with a bang here. So you're right here at KMET, part of the ABC News and Talk Radio Network down at Palm Springs, or listen to us all over the country, all over the world on our affiliate stations or at our website by going to WCIR.biz and clicking on the link. We'll see you next week for another great show. A salute. Ciao a tutti. While rain is falling, I cry with you. Ciao.